I am just going to jump into the word this morning. I'll give you a few announcements at the end of the service this morning, but I am excited to share with you today what God has put in our heart for our time together this morning. And I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter number 21. Matthew chapter number 21. Uh, pray for me today uh, as I try to deliver that which God has placed in my spirit. Please, I, I'm going to try to tie in a few things together. Uh, I may start off just a little slow this morning, uh, but I promise we will, uh, we will end uh, in a manner that I believe will stir our hearts. Uh, so just stay with me, if you would, please, this morning. Uh, anybody ready for the word today? Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter number 21 beginning in verse number 12 through verse number 16, we read these words. And Jesus went into the temple of God, and he cast out all of them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer. But you have made it a den of thieves, and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple, saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased. And said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus saith unto them, Yea, have you never read? Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise. Now we can read of this event in Mark chapter 11 verse 15 and 18. I did not give them these verses but let me read them to you. It says, and they came to Jerusalem and Jesus went into the temple and he began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer? But you have made it a den of thieves, and the scribes and chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him, because all the people was astonished at his doctrine. For a few moments today, I want to take us through this passage of Scripture and other places as well. But I want to talk to us about restoring the house this morning, which is, I believe, the greatest need of 2020, is restoring the house of prayer. But in the midst of this, I'm going to focus on a very key point of what transpired in this story. And we're really going to focus in on the dove in just a few moments if you'll stay with me okay but today across the globe men and women have adopted ideals that have brought destruction to the house of worship as well as institutions that once shared and taught the infallible Word of God we can look at some of our 
greatest universities in this nation alone. And when you look at their foundation and their birthing, it was based on the fundamentals of the Bible. And now we have strayed so far from that. We could talk about Stanford or Harvard or many other universities that used to once stand and be pillars of the faith. And now they are on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, denying the very thing that they was founded upon. All I can say concerning that this morning is God help us. The Bible that once guided them has all but been removed from every area of their life. And as disturbing as that is this morning, what is even more disturbing is across this globe and across this nation, men and women are assembled in buildings such as you and I are today, and the Bible is no longer present there either. Nor is the teaching of the infallible Word of God in any way, shape, or form. Yes, there may be a reference to God, Yes, there may be a song to a certain level, but the cross is absent. The blood is missing. Repentance is no longer necessary. Conviction is no longer accepted or welcomed. All I can say about that this morning is God help us today. No longer is there an appetite to be pleasing to God's word, nor is there a willingness to press towards the high mark and calling that he has created for humanity. Holiness and separation is mocked by most today. And the spirit of rebellion is currently plaguing the church across the globe. Men have done nothing more than make his house a house of merchandise and entertainment and yes, confusion. Some of you are wishing you stayed home about right now, but just stay with me. It's going to get better. Okay? The results speak for themselves today. I do not have to stand here and defend what I'm saying because the word of the Lord defends it for me. The results that we see every week across this globe stands in our face, screaming very loudly. Because week in and week out, people assemble as we are this morning that are lost, sick, diseased, afflicted, overwhelmed, hopeless, discouraged, and alone just to leave the same way they came. All because his house has been transformed into something that it was never intended to be. Notice in my study, this came into my mind and I thought it was pretty good. You might want to write it down. When something has been used for what it wasn't designed for, it no longer has the ability to accomplish its original purpose. I get one of them every now and then. I gave myself an attaboy on that one. In our text today, we see the natural temple was being used in a disorderly manner. And we see Jesus immediately bring correction to it upon his arrival. If we are serving a God that does not change, then how is it that we believe that it will not be addressed today when his house is no longer operating in the manner 
that it was designed to be. Just a question. I sense in my spirit that much of what is happening today is the result of his house been in great need of correction. Because in his word, he says, judgment begins where? At the house of the Lord. Notice the behavior of men then and now. They were then and now doing that which is right in their own sight. And when you look in history, especially the history of Israel, their most lowest time of productivity was when every man did that which was right in his own sight. Why is it that the churches across the globe, especially across America, are sitting more empty than full this morning? Is because men are doing that which is right in their own sight and not that which is right in the sight of the Lord. Allow me to show you how twisted things can become when men get involved. Now, we are going to go all of the way back to Genesis chapter 1 in your Bible. Stay with me, please, for a few moments. Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse number 1 through verse number 5, we read these words. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. But now if you drop down to verse number 20, we're going to go from day one to day number five. And it says, God said... Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good and God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply And fill the waters in the seas and let the fowl multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Now it can safely be said that on the fifth day of creation that many things were created. But I want to focus on just one of those things that was created on the fifth day. And that is that of a dove. It was created to simply multiply in the earth and to fly above the earth in the open and firmament of heaven. And we see from the time of creation till Genesis chapter number 7 that this is what the dove would do. It was created with an original purpose. It was created to fly. It was created to reproduce. It was created in such a manner, uh, and it consistently did that until you began to get in Genesis chapter number 6. The Lord begins to speak to Noah, and he simply says, uh, my heart will not always strive with man. But he said that, that it, it, it's kind of it kind of is such a burden upon me because of the simple fact I see the hearts of men has turned to evil continually, and I'm going to destroy everything. I'm going to destroy everything that I created other than, but you, Noah, have found a grace in my sight. So therefore, I want you to build an ark, and I want you to uh, do it in this specific manner. This is how I want you to conduct yourself, and, and this is how I want it to be created. And, and I want this for the saving of your house, but not only am I going to allow your, your family to be saved, but I want you to take 
two by two of every beast and and that which is of clean I want you to take seven of each of the man we look at when you begin to look at the process of chapter number seven uh, the, the time has come the ark has been built he's faithfully built and preached the world thought he was crazy it had never rained before but now all of the animals are showing up and it's time to board and we find that for the first time since the creation since day five of creation a dove is no longer able to do what it was created to do. It is brought into an ark and put in confinement, and it is there for an extended period of time. Think about it. Why? If you read in your Bibles, you will find Genesis chapter 7, verse number 1. Let me catch this up real quick. The Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by sevens, the male and his female. And the beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female. Of fowls also of the air by sevens, the male and the female. What's the purpose? To keep seed alive upon the face of all of the earth. Somebody say all of the earth. For yet seven days will I cause it to rain upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, and every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. We know the story. The rain comes. Everything is destroyed. God himself brought a cleansing and a purging to his creation. When we then see that the arrival of Genesis chapter 8, one of the greatest passages of Scripture, it says, God remembered Noah, verse number one through verse number three, and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark, and God made a wind to pass over the earth, and the waters surged, uh, the fountains also of the deep, and the windows of heaven were stopped, and the rain from heaven was restrained, and the waters returned from off the earth continually, and after the end of 150 days, the waters were abated. It was then that the ark rested in the mountains of Ariat, and the window of the ark is then opened, and Noah released a raven, which went to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. But then after that, he released a dove to see if the waters were abated from off of the face of the earth. Now in Genesis chapter 8, verses 9 through 12, stay with me. Tell your neighbor to wake up. It's going to get good. Tell him it's going to get gooder. Maybe they'll listen to that better. It says, but the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot, and she returned unto him in the ark, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. Then he put forth his hand and took her and pulled her in unto him in the ark, and he stayed yet another seven days. And again he sent forth the dove out of the ark, and the dove came into him in the evening, and lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off. So Noah knew that the waters were abated from off the earth, and he stayed yet another seven days and sent forth the dove, which returned not again unto him anymore. Now I want you to notice with me, in that passage of scripture, the dove is released one time, two times, and three times. It was released the first time and there was no place for her to put her foot. Seven days later, she's released, she comes back and she has an olive leaf in her beak. That is not by coincidence. I'm trying to give you a series today in a matter of 40 minutes. It's challenging. We find that then the third time, 
the dove is released and she does not return because she is back to operating in the realm of her original purpose. She is multiplying, she is touching the earth, she is doing that which she was originally created to do. So what you can say is this, the earth through the flood came to a place of restoration. To restore something means to bring it back to its former state. At the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, it was pure. In the beginning, man walked with God in a very unique way. Evil comes and destroys that. After the flood, we find Noah steps off the ark uh, and the dove is released back to its original state. The word of the Lord comes to Noah, says, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. Notice, we find now, We'll fast forward to our text. I did not forget where we started. Jesus is born. He has now walked the earth for 30 years. He has started his earthly ministry. Men have once again became wicked. Their hearts are evil. There are those that are supposed to be leading have lost their way. They are now in the, te- in, the, in the temple praying for the Messiah to come, but they are so blinded by the events of their day that they don't realize he just rode into the city on a donkey and people out there saying, Hosanna to the king. They don't even know he's here and they're still looking for him today. Can I tell you, men had lost their focus. Uh, they were more concerned about their positions of power than the one who had delivered them from bondage. Uh, Hear me this morning. Uh, Men have once again became in that vein of wickedness again. Notice they had polluted the house of God in such a degree that it had become nothing more than a house of commerce. Uh, Now understand that there had to be money changers there uh, because there was only one specific currency that was accepted uh, for temple offerings. Uh, So when people from all over the world would come and travel, uh, they had to exchange their money uh, that had uh, emblems and faces of other gods. Uh, It was not accepted in the temple uh, but something happened uh, in the midst of the process uh, it become contaminated because men got their hands on it uh, they began to think like this well this is profitable business uh, and what happened is uh, there was about a 300% increase uh, in exchange that was going on uh, but notice on this particular day in Matthew 21 uh, Jesus walks into the temple uh, there's money changers doing what they're doing uh, and there are those that are selling and buying of doves. Uh, and he says, that's not their purpose. Uh, you got to realize, I don't have time to get into all of it, uh, but a dove was precious. Uh, a dove was something that was very significant. Dove was something that had to be offered by a woman after she had childbirth for purification. Uh, that's another message for another day. Uh, but I find that in this, uh, Jesus walks in. Uh, he sees his house that's supposed to be a house of prayer, uh, been nothing more than a common center uh, and he looks over uh, as he sees everything that's going on in a mark we read he says I, he didn't even let anybody walk through with a vessel he said it has become so contaminated uh, that this has to cease uh, not tomorrow not next week but it has to change now uh, and we got to look at this uh, and when he begins to move in this manner uh, he simply says it is in this time once again he noticed uh, that the dove is removed from its created purpose uh, and we 
we find it in a cage in the temple. Now, how ironic uh, that a dove uh, would be locked up in the temple that's supposed to be called the house of prayer. I'm about to preach here in just a minute. Uh, can I present to you today uh, that the modern church across this globe uh, is guilty uh, of the exact same thing? Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say it this morning. Uh, we are guilty uh, of defiling uh, the house of God. Uh, I don't know if you're ready for this this morning. Uh, we walk in and out with no reverence. Uh, we expect him to embrace our sin. Uh, we expect him to conform to our desires. Uh, and we think that we know best. Uh, God help us. Uh, we sing a song from our lips, uh, but our hearts are far from him. Uh, we give a tithe and an offering uh, and think that's our reasonable service. Uh, we label holiness as legalism and we have abandoned separation and we have went to bed with the world. We show more skin than we cover and then we wonder why our children are being molested every time they walk out the door. I'm going to go ahead and preach it this morning. What I'm saying to you this morning, we once again have imprisoned the dove. The Holy Spirit is no longer welcome. If he moves, let's take those people out to the back room because we don't want to offend anybody. Uh, God help us this morning. Uh, but I hear him saying in the spirit uh, this morning uh, that I'm about to do it again. Uh, I said, God, what are you about to do again? Uh, I heard in the spirit in recent days, uh, I am about to release my dove. Uh, I am bringing, uh, listen, my friend, uh, there is a change, uh, there is a stirring, uh, and there is something moving. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and give you what God gave me in just a moment. Uh, but you say, why is the dove so important? Notice with me, uh, a dove is usually white in color. Uh, white throughout scripture is purity. Uh, we find that a, a dove never attacks, uh, but it always cries out in distress. Uh, notice with me, uh, the Holy Spirit always makes groanings. Uh, listen, uh, we will never see a dove uh, return to a place of conflict uh, more than twice. Uh, if it's in a place uh, and there's conflict or something that spooks it, uh, it will visit there a second time. Uh, but if it goes back uh, and there's still disruption, uh, there's still noise that's not supposed to be there, uh, it will never go back for the third time. Uh, listen, my friend, there's some things uh, that's getting ready to lay desolate. Uh, there is some things uh, that's getting ready to have Ichabod wrote over the door uh, because the Holy Spirit's went uh, and there's been a noise. Uh, he's went again and there's been a noise uh, but God said I'm not going back anymore uh, because of the simple fact it's not his nature uh, you say how do you know that uh, because he says in his word my heart will not my spirit will not always strive with man uh, notice uh, we find that about the dove there's something very unique uh, if a dove is hovering I got a picture of a dove put my little slow-mo video up there uh, I'll show you something about this dove uh, this dove right here uh, is a beautiful creature uh, it is something of purity. Uh, it is something of sensitivity. Uh, it is something uh, of majestic.
majestic ability. Uh, but you'll notice when a dove is hovering, uh, the wingtips of this dove uh, are always pointing towards the head. Uh, every other bird, uh, the wingtips are pointing towards the back. Uh, but on a dove, uh, the tips of its wings is always towards its head. Uh, and it's hovering because of the simple fact. Uh, the oil uh, was poured up on the head. Uh, listen, my friend. Uh, on the right side and the left side of the main wings, uh, there is nine feathers, nine main feathers. Uh, that night, on the right wing, you're talking about the nine gifts of the Spirit. Uh, on the left wing, you're talking about the nine fruits of the Spirit. Uh, the tail feathers, uh, there is five main feathers on the tail feather, uh, meaning it, it is representation of the fivefold ministry. Uh, the tail feather of that uh, dove right there, uh, it operates as a rudder uh, of an old ship. Uh, it brings stability uh, and it brings direction. Uh, oh, somebody uh, needs to hear me. Uh, the world wants this dove tore down uh, and don't want it anywhere but in a cage uh, because if it's not flying, uh, if it's not hovering, uh, there's no steering, uh, there's no direction. Uh, isn't that kind of make sense why we're in such a condition we are today? Uh, but the Lord said, uh, can I go ahead and just give you what he told me? Uh, he says, I, and I hear the Lord saying, uh, I am releasing a dove. I'm not going to keep you long this morning, uh, but listen, uh, some of it you're going to like, some of it you ain't going to. Uh, but he says, I am bringing a disruption to my house, says the Lord. Uh, once again, my house will be purged uh, and cleansed. Uh, it will be known for what it was created for. Uh, it will bring me glory and honor, says the Lord. Uh, I am beginning the process of moving the, the impure things from my house. Uh, those that have contaminated my house, uh, they will be removed uh, and they will give place to me, says the Lord. Uh, I am releasing now my spirit uh, for the third time, says the Lord, uh, in a manner that will bring about an awakening to the world. Uh, much like you saw in the first awakening, in the second awakening. Uh, but he says he, uh, talking about the Holy Spirit, uh, he will no longer be bound by men. Uh, for I am releasing him in a manner uh, like never before. Uh, he will move about uh, in a strategic pattern. Uh, he will keep my seed alive, says the Lord, uh, in all of the earth. Uh, much like I sustained the prophet in the time of famine, uh, in this season I will sustain my church uh, by that which I put in the mouth of my dove. Uh, the sound of prayer uh, is returning, says the Lord. Uh, the groaning and the travail of my children uh, will create an atmosphere uh, that will cause darkness to be dispelled. Uh, the, listen, uh, the lame is about to walk, and I'm not talking about just naturally, uh, but those that's lame spiritually. Uh, and the Lord said, uh, the dumb will begin to speak, uh, and the sick will begin to recover. Uh, the testimony of my resurrection uh, will be on display in the latter part of this year, uh, going into 2021, uh, like this world has never saw. Uh, those that have opposed me uh, will no longer be granted mercy, says the Lord, uh, but the lukewarm will no longer be given the platform of my church. Uh, but I am raising up now a mighty army, says the Lord. Uh, I have those that have been in hiding uh, that the world does not know of. Uh, there's some Gideons that's been in a wine press uh, that's about to lead an army. Uh, while there is a generation of generals uh, that are being called home as I speak this morning, uh, I am now providing another generation uh, that will walk wrapped in those mantles uh, and I am touching them now, says 
trust the Lord uh, to carry out this last day assignment. Uh, They will be my voice, says the Lord, uh, and that which I'm about to do, uh, I will do through them and not another. Uh, And they will speak those uh, to those in places of authority, uh, and they will listen. Uh, The nations uh, will be held accountable uh, on how they receive me, uh, and governments will be affected uh, by the influence of my church, says the Lord. Uh, Nations that have tried to remove me uh, and keep me from their people uh, will be shaken, uh, and strongholds that have been mighty fortressed uh, will be broken, says the Lord. Uh, The world uh, will hear, uh, and getting ready to hear, uh, the flapping of the wings, uh, and they're going to feel uh, the wind uh, from the wings of my dove, says the Lord. Uh, Somebody give him a shout of praise uh, right now in this house. Uh, Oh. What am I saying this morning? What I'm saying is uh, that just like when Jesus walked in in Matthew 21, uh, that he walked in and he saw uh, things that was not in order. Uh, It was not in line with the purpose of his house. Uh, There is things that's out of alignment uh, in the lives of men and women. uh, And God says it's time to get it right. Uh, It's not a time to be religious. Uh, It's not a time to play games. Uh, It's not a time to sing a song. Uh, It's not time to dance a dance. Uh, But it's time to get to a place uh, where we once again are being led uh, by the Spirit of God. Uh, what we need right now is a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, you're not going to get it uh, by saying, Lord, bless my food. Uh, Lord, you're not going to get it by saying, lay me down to sleep. Uh, no, uh, the freshness of the Holy Spirit will only come uh, when God is allowed to walk in. Uh, know you not that you are the temple of the living God. Uh, know you not uh, that you cannot be someone uh, or something uh, that is allowed allowing the Spirit of God to be placed in bondage, but you got to stand in a place of freedom and declare what thus saith the Lord over your life. This morning, there are those that's going through the formalities of religious behavior while their families are dying and going to hell while their communities are being disrupted and destroyed. Let's not look outward, let's look inward this morning and say, God, what needs to change in my life? Because please hear me this morning. There is a restoring of the house that's taking place. In the midst and the times of restoration, there's always, there's always noise. It's always dusty and dirty and sometimes places of confusion. We've restored some houses. It's not a clean job. We've restored some cars. That's not a clean job. Anytime you get into any type of restoration project, you're going to have some stuff going on. There's some stuff going on in our nation today in the nations of the world. And the hearts of men are failing, saying, oh, Lord, what are we going to do? I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. We're going to trust in Jesus. 
because there is a restoring taking place. What do you mean by this? 34 years ago, 1986, a man that I have great confidence in, a man that made the church really nervous, the late, great David Wilkerson made this statement, 1986. I see a plague coming on the world. The bars, churches, and government will shut down. Can I tell you, in 1986, they looked at him and said, he is crazy. The plague will hit New York City and shake it like it has never been shaken. Interesting. The plague is going to force prayerless believers into radical prayer and into their Bibles. And repentance will be the cry from the man of God in the pulpit. And out of it will come a third great awakening that will sweep America and the world. Did I happen to tell you this morning that there's a releasing of a dove? Listen, my friend. I want you to get this picture as I bring this to a close this morning. Jesus arrives in Jerusalem. He walks in to the temple that has turned into a commerce center. Men are doing anything and everything that they want to do, just holding on to enough of God to fulfill their desires and their ambitions. But when he walked in, he saw the money changers and he saw the merchants and those that was buying and selling of doves. It is safe to believe and to understand that when he comes in and begins to flip over those tables, that those little wooden cages that would have been created for that beautiful dove that was made to fly in the firmament of heaven, that they come crashing to the ground and all of a sudden, in the midst of the chaos and the uncertainty, there begins to be a sound that hadn't been heard in the temple. All of a sudden, the flapping of the wings of the dove. On the wings of a snow white dove, he'll send his pure, sweet love. I'm showing my age now. You sing it. They know you're old. <laughs> what am I saying this morning? When the dove is released, it changes the atmosphere. And when the atmosphere begins to be changed, what happened? It doesn't just stop with him flipping some tables over and making a scene. But he says, now I'm going to show you what this house is supposed to be. The blind began to see. The sick began to be healed. Those bounds began to be delivered and set free. I'm going to stand to make a statement today. 
in the midst of all of this chaos, in the midst of all of this noise that's going on in our world, spiritually speaking for the third time, I believe it's a symbolic of the third great awakening. I believe much like when Noah released the dove, there was no place for it to lay its head. Notice the raven that went. Notice what happened. The raven has had free range for many years. The raven never got, came back to the ark once it was released. Because the raven, it will land and set on dead carcasses and it will eat. Uh, and it's often said about ravens that they will follow the wolves. And they will eat what the wolves leave left behind. A raven never came back to the ark because it's a total different creature. And by the way, it is a total different color if you didn't know. But it never. But the raven released and goes. The dove is released. No place comes. Greece says, okay, the waters are abating. The land is drying. Things are starting to grow and flourish. And he comes back with an olive leaf. I don't have time to talk about that like I would like to today. But come back and we know the vital role of oil, olive oil, throughout the anointing of priestly ministry and throughout the temple services. But then the third time it's released and it goes and it goes back to its purpose. I believe that there is a last day harvest of those that are blind, afflicted, and sick, diseased. That God is getting ready to show forth his glory in a manner like we have never saw in our lifetime. But the only thing that is keeping that from taking place right now is for the atmosphere in the temple to change. There was nobody been healed, nobody been delivered in the temple until first of all, the doves was released from their cage, released from the hand of the money changer and those that was buying and selling. When the dove came out of the possession of man and got back into its right realm, it began to change the atmosphere where Jesus began to move in his authority in such a manner that it astounded those that was present. Get this, in such a manner that the children began to cry, Hosanna to the son of David. Your children are getting ready to sound the most perfected praise that this globe has ever saw since the day of Pentecost because of what's about to be released in the house of God. question is are you going to nurture that are you going to help facilitate that or are we going to choose to continue to be rebellious and feed the flesh instead of the spirit as they come to the music this morning there is a restoring of the house of God that's taking place in the midst of all of the chaos and out of the chaos there is a reemerging of something that's bright something that's glorious and it's called the Church of Jesus Christ. This morning, this morning, not tomorrow, not next week, but today, are you willing to completely surrender?
to him. It's not just something that we can casually do. But it's something that we must commit to completely and entirely. Today, there's much that I could say. There's much more that I could say. Y'all are fortunate. I didn't even get to this stack of notes. It's for another day. But this morning, do we understand the importance understand the importance of what it is to have the Holy Spirit moving moving ever so gracefully see the Holy Spirit is not here to offend you he's not here to criticize you but he's here to bring the word of the Father in such a manner that it takes you into all truth. It takes you into a realm that you've never been and it takes you to a place where we begin to fill the purpose that God has called for us. That beautiful creature it wasn't created to be in a cage. The church wasn't created to stay within the walls of a building. He wasn't created just so that you could come to the knowledge of Jesus and pray a prayer of repentance and say, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. That's not your purpose. Your purpose is to be a temple where the Holy Spirit oozes and operates from and through so that a world can see Jesus. So I want to ask you today, what does the world see when they see you? What does the world see when they see me? I pray that they see not me at all, but I pray that they say him, see him in all of his glory. So this morning, here's what I want to say to you. Don't be weary in well-doing. Don't be overwhelmed and overran by the lies and the attacks of the enemy. Don't buy into this thing that it's that the future is just all dark. No. For those that will put their trust in the Lord, your future is brighter than it's ever been. The houses of worship, the institutes that will stand firm and put their trust in him they're getting ready to see one of the greatest releases of all times 
how do I know these things to be accurate and at our door today is because in the last days you'll see what we see men been lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God we'll see pestilence and disease we'll see wars and rumors of wars we, we know where we're at biblically speaking Paul always says multiple times throughout his writings just look up he's at the door he's nearer now than he ever believed right so if he's nearer now and if his return is drawing ever so near that means this there there has to be something transformed because the church is getting ready to become glorious because he says I'm coming back for a glorious church I can stand here with great confidence and I can stand here with great excitement some of you are getting ready to become more beautiful than you've ever been hallelujah men don't you dare look at your spouse God's about to make you so beautiful what do you mean preacher it's because he's getting ready to let his glory sit down upon his bride in such a manner listen uh, we're going through the purification process whether we understand it or not Bob you don't need to be talking right now especially with him I, 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 I know that's not good He's going to be just as beautiful as you, all right? You all got the same thing going right there. Uh, hear me this morning. We are in a place of purification. And when you look at the story of Esther and others, it didn't happen overnight. It was a process. The process. You know, Esther was beautiful when she arrived. This is a side note, and I'm closing. We're going to pray. Esther was beautiful when she arrived. When she got there, she had the favor of everybody. But Esther didn't smell the same way that she smelled when she arrived, when she went into the presence of the king. Some of you are beautiful now. Some of you not so much. Some of you are beautiful now. But all of you are beautiful in the spirit, all right? Let me, get my, let me get myself out of the hole here. But some of you are going through this process right now and you're getting ready to smell like you've never smelled. Because the aroma of the fragrance of His presence begins to position you and reposition you so that you can make entry into the throne room of the King and when you get there. There's an urgency in my spirit this morning. And through my foolishness, I, I pray that you can hear the heart of God today. That this house, and houses just like it all across this land, and individuals just like you and I are getting ready to be something different than we've ever been. And God is about to get glory and honor because the dove is getting ready to move in a manner like it was created for one more time as we stand all over the house today.